Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hello, automotive world. What's going on? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today on the show, I have a very special guest joining me. Tommy Oliva. Tommy is a shop owner, mobile diagnostic technician, and a member of Trained by Tex. And if you're not familiar with Trained by Tex, you're going to hear all about it today. I am very excited to have Tommy on the show with me today. So with that being said, let's jump right into the interview. All right, Tommy. uh, How's it going? Thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. (laughs) What's up, my dude? What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's kind of short notice. I'm glad you're able to make it on here. Yeah, man. No, for sure, man. I'm glad to, <clears throat> glad to be here talking one of Facebook's finest. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you, for all listeners, anybody who's not familiar, uh, you own a shop in Chicago, Illinois. <clears throat> is that correct? Yeah. I have a brick and mortar store, <clears throat> our repair facility. And I also, uh, I also do, I also just started fully into a mobile diag and programming business. Oh, really? Okay. That's awesome. So just uh, doing like module programming and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, anything, man, uh, module programming, diag, um, electrical repair. Um, yeah. Anything you can do mobile. The only thing I don't, I don't do yet is like YF and stuff like that, but okay. You know, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I, um, I read a couple of guys posts on figuring that out to do a mobile service and I, there'd definitely be some potential there uh, there's so many shops who don't have any means to do that right now uh, for charging the the 1234 systems yeah i, I you know my area is kind of still kind of i'm still kind of in the ghetto so <clears throat> don't really see a lot of it okay uh, but you know it's definitely something i've considered they're out there so yeah maybe. I, I think this summer was the most that i saw in shops uh, you know because i do a lot of independent repair shops and i i hadn't seen a ton i uh, just heard about it guys in the dealership and stuff but uh this summer there, there was a number of them so it's definitely coming cool um well yeah so when i uh i was on facebook and i read the name of your shop it's uh san jose was it san jose repair and <laughs> yep, I, for, some reason, for some reason i thought you're out in california of course <laughs> Well, here's the, here's the funny story. I get that so many times, man. Like I get it a lot. Like, Oh, how's Sam? How's Kelly? It must be nice. I'm like, what? Oh <laughs> uh, no. So my dad, he started, uh, he bought a little rinky dink tire shop, um, across the street where we're at currently. And, um, the, so the day he bought it, his idea was to buy the business and use the same name so he can so his idea was not to lose the clientele and the uh, the owner was fine with it but during that period uh, chicago had this stupid rule that if you had you can't have a business on the same street with the same name so wow. the gentleman owned two shops with the same name except one said number 1 and another one said number 2 so okay. they just when he went and went to city hall did all the paperwork they told him you need to change the name and he's like, well, I don't have a name. 
they're like, well, what do you want us to do? So his, you know, my dad, obviously, um, he immigrated from Guatemala. He's a diehard Catholic. His, his name is Jose. And his saint is Jose. So San Jose means saint, Saint Jose. So that's why, like, a lot of the states, a lot of the cities in California have, they're actually saint names, you know, so. Okay. Um, so that's the only thing that occurred to him. So he called it San Jose Tire Shop. And we've been there for 20-something years. So oh. when I decided to say, F this, I'm not interested in tires anymore. This is becoming a general repair facility because the shop's nice. We but He built one. Um, and I'm like, I was trying to figure out what to call it. Like, I couldn't figure out what to call it. And then my mom's like, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but. Honestly, this the name means something to the neighborhood. We've been there for twenty something years, so I just said, "All right, now it's going to be San Jose's Automotive Center." You know, so that's that's what I came up with. <laughs> <clears throat> I honestly don't like it, but okay. I do be, well, because of the association. People still, I mean, to this day, like after COVID, I I abruptly stopped doing tires. I just said, "You know what, man? Like we still did them for like a good customer or not, but it became such a waste of time." And it's not a, it's not a bad tire, tires isn't bad. It's just, um, I'm heavier right now on Diag and electrical. So yeah. it's like, it's really difficult to bust out four tires while I'm trying to figure out why cylinder number two is only misfiring under load, Yeah, you know? Okay. So it's, it, it's definitely got old, but yeah, that's, that's the story for, for the San Jose. Okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad you asked cause I can finally tell my side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, well, that's, that's also really cool. Um, that it's, you, you took over your dad's shop or does he still work with you or? No, I took over, man. He, he actually, I actually took over in I actually took over in 2006. So if a little brief history of me, uh, I worked with my dad through high school and then even through UTI, uh, I went to UTI when I finished. Me and my dad had, you know, some some changes, some differences of opinion, you know, like he he's adamant on the tires and I, you know, there's so much you can do with used tires because that's what the business was. It was just used tires and some new tires and eventually there's a ceiling to it, which we were at already and you already started seeing trends in the neighborhood and, and I was starting to get busier with the mechanical stuff. But since we were also busy with the tire stuff, the day was my day was tires and then my evenings was mechanical work. So it was just it was getting old. Um, I, I, I had an opportunity. A job came up in, in Orlando and just so happened that two of my best friends had moved down there. So they had had a place to stay. So I moved. I moved to Orlando. I, I went my separate way and I and I get there and my job was filled. Oh, so I was like, oh, spent a few weeks i had some money saved up i didn't care i spent a few weeks just enjoying florida and i ended up getting a really a lube job at a dealer but then they when they realized that i actually had experience with uh with wrenching they put me on as a as a as a line tech and um i was there for pretty much almost a whole year um but my dad got really sick and i had some situations in florida i moved back with the pretense of helping him sell the sell stay, stay with him because he was going to sell the business. Um, and then I was going to save up some more money so I can move back to Florida. And it was actually, everything was working towards there, but I kind of just stayed, man. Like it, it, it was a little difficult to sell the place. And 
I was just, you know, it was going well financially. So I was like, it, it made no sense to move. So I stayed and, you know, it was, it was still the same issue with my pops back and forth, back and forth with the tires and stuff. And finally, I, 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 we just did it. I, we went automotive and, you know, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a learning experience for sure. Um, I have no, I have, and I still don't really have a, I have a better idea, but I, I think I don't belong owning a shop at this point in my life. So I, I think more than likely I'm going to stick to mobile for the, for the time being, see where, okay. see where that leads me. Okay. And how, how's that going for you so far doing the mobile stuff? It's a, it's an interesting job to say the least. <laughs> um, you know what, man, it, it I every time I do something, it's to kind of lower my stress levels and my anxiety levels, and then I realize, you know what, this isn't as bad, but it still has its, you know, anxiety levels. Like case in point, right now, I I I diagnosed the car that had the wrong engine in it, um, but the installer swears up and down that it's the proper engine, blah blah blah, and then he's a computer. So I tell him, okay, well at this point, it's really, you know, do you believe me or do you believe you know, the other, the other place. Um, they're like, well, let's just try this computer. I said, okay, but you know, the charge is 175 bucks. I will just, you know, just being clear here. Um, of course I get there. I put the, I install, they install the computer. I program it and I'm done and it doesn't start. And then it's like, well, is you're sure your programming's fine? I said, look, VIN numbers right here, latest calibrations here. I go, uh, I did an entire sweep. Your same symptoms are still here. Thank you very much. Oh, but you know, you really can't leave me like this. I said, listen, man, I go, I gave you my diag. I go, you kind of chose to believe the other guy, which is fine. That's fair. You know, I understand, but now you're going to pay me. So that type of stuff is, is annoying, but, um, I still feel that it's not as bad as ever since you did my brakes, my tire, <laughs> my rear tire is crooked and. I forget yeah. to mention that I hit a pothole and <laughs> that's why my tire is crooked. Like, you know, like the, the, the type of stuff. So it definitely does come with its challenges. Um, I enjoy the chase. Um, I really like doing diag. It's not profitable to be very honest with you. It's there's more profit in running and gunning uh, programming keys. I'm into keys now. Um, I do have a, some keys machine. I do have a key machine, some stock. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying it, and I think there's a I think that's where my future lies for me at this moment. Yeah, you got to have you got to have the passion for you know that part of it for mm -hmm. sure uh, to make that your full time uh, gig. Because uh, yeah, like you said, you can make you can make a ton of money just just hanging parts. Even um, I remember just on flat rate, you you, you don't really need. <laughs> that many diagnostic skills maybe one guy in the shop has it and you can just blast suspension parts all day long and make a ton of money and there's nothing wrong with that but uh, for the diagnostic side of it um i guess yeah you just gotta have gotta have that drive you gotta really want it um, which is which is really a shame if i was having this conversation with a my a good friend another mobile guy who's based out of uh northwest indiana and we were having this conversation i said dude this is sad man like uh, it's sad that we had to resort to mobile work. It, most honestly, in the last few years, most of the, my really good buddies in the industry, well, I start, they're they're my friends. They're, I call them my friends. Um, have had situations in shops where they actually just rage quit or were let go for whatever dumb reason, and they ran off on their own, and now they're doing awesome. You know, and 
um, it's sad, man. It's sad that the amount of knowledge that you need to have and you can't find a good paying job. Like it's just, I don't, I don't understand, um, how most of these shops can not have like one good diet guy, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't get it. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there that need to change in the industry, man. And I also had a conversation and a lot of mobile guys aren't going to find this because, uh, I know, you know, Dusty, mm-hmm. he made a good point, uh, to me one day that, you know, mobile guys are actually kind of, we kind of hurt the business of the industry a little bit because we actually help the shops that honestly shouldn't even be in business. And that's, that's a little sad, man, but it's, it's kind of the unfortunate reality right now. Cause we love what we do, but doing mobile work kind of just allows us to thrive in our, in our greatest strengths, which is, you know, diagnostics because most shops, the way that the industry is and the way that they're run, you, you, you can't afford to have a, a, a sole diet guy. It's yeah. almost impossible. Yeah. Kind of crazy. I, I go to uh, there's a shop I go to. They don't they don't even have uh, like internet or a computer there. And I, I don't know how you get through the day on a modern car. Um, I go out there quite frequently for for diagnostics and stuff. And they're just more along the lines that they literally just want to hang parts on stuff. But even that nowadays, I don't know. And like you said, yeah. How how is that shop going to do in the long run? How are they going to hold up an industry? And it's it, it's kind of crazy to to see that out there. But yeah, to pay a guy just to be there all day to diagnose stuff, um, maybe at the dealerships you might might find that. Otherwise, I don't know that you'd find that at a whole lot of other shops. There, there, I'm sure there's some out there. Oh, the ones that are doing it right, they're there. Even even at that point, man, most of um most of the really really good shops. You really can't afford to have a soul, just a soul diet guy. Diet guy has to kind of pull his weight in other departments to make, to make a good, you know, a good salary. And, you know, that, that's what has kind of kept me from also, because there was a time point where I'm just like, dude, this isn't working, man. Like I'm busting my butt, um, working all these hours. I'm not making nothing. I'm pulling money left and right to pay my guys and pay me. And, you know, I, it, it honestly took the whole COVID lockdown to make me realize what I'm doing wrong. But also realize that anything you do, man, you have to really want and like it. And I just I realized that I kind of don't like owning a shop. Maybe in another time and maybe in a different location where I'm at is, is my vision for a shop is not feasible in the area I'm in. And I've I've come to, to terms with it. I've come I've come to peace with that. You know what? I didn't fail. I just it just didn't work out. And time to move on. And I think mobile will will help launch me um to that next area i'm not then i tried you know yeah well and uh, yeah that's what it's all about you gotta gotta follow what makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning <laughs> you do that and uh mo- most of the time uh, everything else is going to work out for you that's at least that's what i've i've always found yeah no um there's some definitely great companies and great opportunities out there but i'm uh i don't know about you i'm uh I'm a very independent person, man. I'm a very free spirited person. Um, uh, my buddy Isaac, Isaac Rodizel, he said something really interesting to me one time. He's like, you're broke on your own terms. I was like, yeah, it, yeah, sounds about right. I'm broke, but you know, if I want to go in and take an appointment at nine or at seven in the morning, I can do whatever I want. If I want to say, Hey, I'm not working this weekend. Cause I want to go do something else. That means a lot to me. 
That's what they say about, yeah, self-employed people is the only people out there that will work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours a week. And it's, uh, there's, there's some truth to that, but yeah, it's the independence and the, the freedom uh, to, to call the shots and yeah, decide, yeah, okay, I want, I want the afternoon off or I want to go do, do this or make this decision with the business. That's, that's where it comes to be worth it. For sure. So you're you're a mobile guy in um, up in Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, I I teach in the fall at a community college for the automotive program, and then nice. nights, weekends, and then the summertime, which has been a little extended this year. Um, I do mobile work just in my kind of small town area. I'm yeah, about sharpen the irons. Yeah, that's exactly it. I I felt once I was actually out of the industry, I wasn't a, a tech anymore. I immediately felt like I was getting rusty and falling behind because stuff changes so quickly. And so I wanted something where I could stay up on it. But man, like I said, I really enjoy the diagnostic side of things like going out there and working through challenges and uh, learning all this new stuff. I mean, that's it. It almost doesn't feel like a job, but there's days obviously that it just, you know, kicks my ass, but it, it doesn't feel, feel like a job when I'm really enjoying it. And, and, uh, that's, that's why I spend all the time and money to do it. Do you do programming as well? I do for the, uh, just the big three, uh, four GM Chrysler and then, uh, most Asian stuff. I haven't gotten into anything European though. Gotcha. Yeah. That's its own little ball game too. Definitely. It's definitely rewarding, man. I, I, I do enjoy it. I actually kind of want to teach, to be honest with you, but I I haven't found my uh, I don't feel ready for it yet. But I I I think I would probably take a stab at teaching. Oh, it's uh, incredibly rewarding, and and I I didn't feel ready, and I still don't feel ready. I feel humbled that that I get to go in there and you know work with these uh, students that are starting their careers. <laughs> but man. It is so awesome. Um, you know, I've stayed connected with uh, the graduates for the last few years and just to see, how, you know, where they're going with it and what they're, they're taking out of the program. Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's the best. That's the best feeling. I'd, I would probably never stop doing that. That's for sure. That's why I went back. I knew I wanted to go teach eventually, even after I got a tech school. I'm like, I want to be back here somehow. And I was just really lucky to be able to get to do that. I, I just have some, I have some challenges to overcome. Aside from my own personal challenges that I have in terms of teaching and standing up in front of people and stuff. Um, my issue is I just don't think it'll click. Like, even though I, like, oh, I went to UTI. But I don't think I could ever work there, and I think it's because I don't like corporate structure. I don't. I do not like it. Like I learned that as a dealer, I do not like corporate structure. It's just not for me. I'm a very hard worker, but I'm also like super opinionated. I don't like something. I just don't like it, and I don't care. Um, but I've reached out to programs here for mentoring. And I have not found one that matches my ideals. The mentory programs that I've seen here have um, have kids working on hot rods and restorations and stuff, which it's not a bad thing, but it's not a found – to me personally, it's not really a foundation 
that may not lead you anywhere. It's a, such a, such an ashamed market. Yeah, you learn how to pull a carburetor off a 1960-something trap. Okay, fine, great, awesome, you know. But what purpose is that going to serve you, realistically? Nothing. Yeah, there's only a, a few techs that are going to end up working in a specialty shop. Exactly. Like the, 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 the shade and the talent has to be so great that – to be able to pursue that and you know it's just a different it's just a different aspect of the industry that i feel like um i want to teach you how to maintain and fix your own car like i want to teach you that there's really good things about the industry still i want to teach you some school stuff i want to hook up a scope and like hey man let's check out this car that's what i want to do but none of the the programs i've seen have really fit that and it's a it's a little bit of a shame well, uh, on that note of uh, training and everything, you are a member of Trained by Techs. I've uh, mentioned this a few times before on the podcast. Um, you guys have a ton of really cool stuff like the training calendar. I've been using that to keep up on the webinars and a bunch of YouTube videos. But could you uh, fill everybody in if they're not familiar with uh, what Trained by Techs is? In a nutshell, we're just a group of guys who love this industry and feel like it needs to do better for itself. Like, if I had the uh, the the power to do it, I just nuke the entire industry and just build it from the ground up. Like, it's so bad, and we fight. Uh, it's like we're fighting a battle. As a technician, you you're every day you fight a battle. You're fighting the car. You're fighting the vehicle manufacturer. You're fighting the motoring public. You're fighting um, just in general. It's a fight, man. Like, when is it going to stop? Like, um, we, we're, and we all, we're all very passionate and we're, except for myself, I'm sorry. We're all very intelligent um, that we can actually do something else. Like, my buddy, like Keith, like Keith Perkins is, is a computer whiz. He has an IT degree, I think, and he's he's doing great now. I'm so I'm so proud of him. But like he didn't have to go through all the stuff that he went through, you know? Um my buddy Pedro is a, he's a genius, like he's extremely intelligent, but he loves working on cars. I mean, um sorry, Pedro's not in the group, but he's uh he's a contributor. Okay. Um, you know, everybody's such a such a genius in their own way in our group that they can definitely do something else. But we're here, we're in this industry. You know, um, we, we, we all love it. And it's, and it's, it's regardless of how bad it's been, it's given us a pretty decent life, man. You know, and we're, we, we love what we do, but we feel like that's not enough moving forward, man. We need a, we need to make this place better. Like you yourself personally, I don't know if you have children. I don't, but if I if I had a kid right now and I want to follow in your footsteps, I'd be like, nope, do something else. You don't have to go to college. I'm not one of those. I won't be one of those parents that you have to go to college. No. Get into a trade, something that pays you very well, and you don't have to be working on your free time, training. You don't have to, you know, oh, I, I, I you know, I can't, uh, I can't go out this weekend because I'm going to this training class that's only on the weekends, like, because I can't go during the week because I can't miss work. You know, that's... In a nutshell, that's what that's our end game. Like we we would like to bring uh, training to the masses. Um, 
not everybody can make it to Vision, man. Not everybody can make it to to Super Saturday. It's it's um it's just un it's unfortunate, man. Like it's it's really sad. Um, our 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 mission is to help uh, our technicians grow so we can grow the industry. Um, like I said, everybody can't make it out to the major training events. And our group has been fortunate to to believe in training so much that we do make the trips. Hence, um, I'm, I'll give you, I'll fill you in on the backstory. I don't know if you have a cutoff time or not on oh, the no, podcast. Go for it. Okay. Cool. So, actually, technically, our anniversary was this week, three years ago. So, and I know Brian. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get mad, but uh, I take a lot of credit for the beginning. I don't take credit for Train by Tech. It's a, it's all of us. But 2017, actually, no, I'm sorry. The end of the 2016, I I saw a post on Facebook uh, by a gentleman named Will, and it was a John Thornton training class. And I've heard of him, but I just, I didn't know, you know. Um, he was so, he was local. So I was like, oh, sweet. So I met him. We went, and I went to the class, and I was blown away. And I was like, man, this is it. This is what I this is what I needed to launch to finish launching my career. Like like to take it to the next level. So I started taking as much training as I could. Um in his class, he told me, like, listen, man, if you really want to take it up another notch, he's like, you need to go to vision. I was kind of shooken up because I have some sort of like I'm not I'm I think I'm okay socially, but I really I really am not. Like I didn't do well in like in social groups that I don't know. Like if I would have went with a buddy, I would have been fine. But to go to a place by myself with nobody, I was kind of like, oh shoot, you know, like I was kind of, I was freaking out a little bit. But I sucked it up and I went. It was the best thing I ever did. Like Vision changed my career. It was an amazing experience. I met so many people that I'm still friends to to this day. Um, I came back to Chicago with a new mentality. Um. And then Auto Mechanica in 2017 was in Chicago, was going to be in Chicago, so I was like, you know what, this is going to be a perfect opportunity to get back because I know you've seen, you know of, uh, and his name is escaping me right now. He's a gentleman that used to have a that that's out in Kansas City. Um, Brian Baker. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. So he he just kind of like threw his party out there. We met up at a bar and I met so many people. I saw the faces behind the names on all the Facebook groups and it was amazing. So I kind of like, you know what, man, I'm from Chicago. Let's do something. Like I, I know where to go. I know what to do. So I made a post uh, with Jim Morton in one of the groups. And I was like, listen, anybody that wants to go, uh, we'll, we're going to create a messenger group. It was actually me, Jim. And then Brian was one of the first ones in that group. Um, and we just added people, you know, and next thing you know, like, it was an awesome time. Like, you know, that first night that they came in, I met all, most of the future members of Train by Techs. Um, that was that first event. Um, moving on, and, and it, there was another event called the ASA Illinois Can Conference. That's also a pretty big event here in Illinois. Um we we were like we were stoked like everybody was coming back in. Plus, we uh, there was another gentleman named Chris Martino who who uh, who also asked to be added to the track group. So it just kept going. 
we were and then the, the chat group just kind of kept growing and every event it was kind of like somebody else would pop in somebody else and then and in vision 2018 we met keith perkins so it just kind of like kept okay. growing and growing and then honestly we got our start from a video that was made as a rebuttal to a facebook argument so it's just um so he makes the first video and then Bryn was like well I have a video and then, you know, Tanner made a video and Brian made a video. Like everybody just kind of started making videos. And then next thing you know, we just, we just grew up. There's been some changes. Um, you know, a couple of members aren't with us anymore. They've gone on to, you know, to, to other things, but, um, we're, we're here, you know, we're, we're, we're there. Um, some of our guys have their own YouTube pages, channels like, uh, Keith Perkins and Keith Fazio. Well, all the, all of us, man, we're just, we're just about this group, man, and we're we're totally humbled and blessed, man. Like, even we've had some roadblocks in the industry, unfortunately, man. Um, you know, but we'll we've always uh, kept a, a super low profile, but we're also trying to help, man. We we sent three people to Vision Twenty Nineteen, man. I was gonna mention that. I mean, yeah, you guys are out there really genuinely helping people. It's not just uh, not just posting we're, posting videos. It's helping changing uh, people's lives. We, we, we want, we care, man. We want to care. There was so much stuff that, that happened, but COVID unfortunately like reduced a lot of our momentum, man. But it also, um, I'm glad it happened. Um, I feel like anytime you have adversity, you always come out on top, you know, and it teaches people, you know, different things in life. And I feel like me personally, man, I think there's more that I can do to help. And then there's, you know, um, also there's a, there's a, a new market for me. Like there's a lot of Spanish stuff that I can do. So all this has happened is kind of, you know, dealing with all this. Um, cause obviously, I mean, I mean, I can't speak for everybody for me, man. The beginning of the COVID stuff was really bad. Like there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknowns. Your, your whole way of life was just basically thrown into the garbage. So, you know, I just said, you know what? Life is short. Let's screw it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? You didn't go well? All right, cool. Let's move on. I, 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 because of the lockdown and everything, I lost that fear. Um, I, you know, the, the group is going great. Um, we're actually, we're LLC and I'm still waiting on a callback, but I'm about 85% sure we're, uh, we're actually a non, not-for-profit organization now. Oh, cool. So, once that once that happens, man, you're gonna see a lot of us. We're gonna see, we're gonna do raffles. We're gonna do a lot of stuff, man. Give out training classes. We've we've been partnering with with well, ATG. We've given out training classes before. Like, but we're just trying to see also where this is headed to, man. Because you know Brian and Bryn, they they they're going to the Pico Motherland to do a class. Oh, but, they're going to uh, to England. Yeah, they're going to England. They're going oh, to the nice. UK. The gentleman that that um that got um uh Brandon Steckler over to the UK is uh oh. asked uh Brandon Brent to write a TV uh Pico class and that's you know you got to bring your A game <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's awesome yeah man so yeah um yeah I'm super proud of the man everybody's kind of doing something um Keith has one of the you know it's not a TBT class it's his own class but Keith has literally the best programming class I've ever seen. Like hands down, it's it's. An, I sat in his class. It was an amazing class. He's such a great teacher. He's such a great person. Um, 
you know, Chris and, and Keith DeFazio are, are shaking up Bottle Logic, man. They're, everybody's just doing awesome, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely some <laughs> some really uh, smart people in there for sure. Um, that's that's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, so since this is a uh, you know diagnostic podcast, I've been looking for somebody I could just chat back and forth with on some intermittent problem strategies. I, I've been running into a rash of them lately. It just that's the way it seems to go where you can't get the card to act up or it acts up for, for one second and then it's gone. It's, it's always a, probably one of the more challenging things we deal with uh, as technicians is a problem that's not consistently there. It's not a hard fault. Um, so I was just, I was just wondering, do you have, what, what is your strategy? You know, especially now you're starting mobile. What is your strategy for something that's intermittent? That's, that's tough to, tough to nail down. I have a very simple strategy. <clears throat> And you may not like it, but I tell the shop or the or even the customer, listen, what's your time frame on your vehicle? Oh, man, I really need a bet. Okay, then you need to bring it back when it's worse. Huh, but you can't fix it. I'm like, listen, if I spend 10 hours on this car trying to replicate this issue and I can't find it, I was, are you going to pay me for those 10 hours? Oh, of course not. And then you have your answer, sir or ma'am. I go, that's how, that's the, my first step, honestly, because the worst thing you can have is a customer that's on your behind, either it's be a shop or the shop's customer or your own customer. I go, that's, that's number one. Um, so first things first, I need the time. I can't charge you. Obviously I can't charge you 10, 12 hours. I'm going to spend on it. I will, I will charge accordingly and I will charge for my repair. But at this point, Either you suck it up and bring it back when it's worse or you're going to pay me my time. And if they agree to whatever, whatever, how much time you want, I, I get to it. Um, I, I tend to just interview the customer extremely well. I, I'll spend 30, 40, 50 minutes talking to the customer, picking up even. And if sometimes if it's something driving, um, Come on, let's go. Let's go for a drive. And the case in point for the driving, and I know this this isn't drivability, but it just gave me a good example of one. When I worked at the at the at the dealership, it was a Nissan Hyundai dealer, and I was the only tech that was going back and forth. I would work on Hyundai's or Nissan's, whatever, um, or used cars. I didn't care. Um, I had a Hyundai Elantra. The gentleman swore up and down when you turn right, he heard a. a uh, a sort of a noise. He couldn't explain it, but it was just a weird noise. Okay. I inspected this vehicle like four times, man. I drove, I drove it. I even took this car home. Nothing. Finally, um, my CSI rating was on the hook. Uh, I tell the, the service writer, get this customer down here now. We're going to figure this out today. He hops in the car. This guy's taking turns at 65 miles per hour in Florida. <laughs> I said, yeah, this car is squealing because you're not, it's not designed for what you're doing. Who's like, what kind of car did you have? Oh, I used to drive a three, a 300 Z. <laughs> oh, oh, really? So you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that, all that time I spent that I didn't get paid for could have been prevented by interviewing. Like once, obviously if this isn't the same, right. But my, that was my, my starting point. So then after that, after that, 
if it's like let's say for example uh, a sudden a sudden a shifting flare or you know um when i'm driving my all my lights come out and blah 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 you know when it's something like that all right come on let's go for a drive like i said i literally spend my first hour talking to the customer getting as much information as you can because yeah. and then and i drive with them like hey man come on let go i mean i know mobile that's a little bit more difficult but I demand those things because I I need time. They're too they're they're super intermittent. Like, and I don't want to waste too much time that I can't compete for. Because I don't know about you for for mobile man. I have a extremely hard time charging for something and not giving you an answer. Yeah. If I can give you a clue or an answer, I'm happy. But if I don't know what the heck's going on, I I, I can't I can't do it. I, I just can't. I, that's just how I am. Yeah, I feel the same way. If I don't, if I don't leave them with some type of solution or possibility, yeah, that I can't, I can't charge for the time. But uh, what you're saying, it's completely, it's right on the nose. When I was at Firestone, that was the biggest thing for me. Is I wanted to talk to that customer if possible and not get the information, you know, through a service writer or store manager because. Some they don't pick up on everything, you know, because a lot of them aren't technicians. They don't actually work on the cars. But you talk to that actual customer, and just those sometimes the smallest little detail is what you need to figure it out to duplicate it. Or like you say, sometimes you just can't get something to happen, and you need to have them <laughs> drive the car like they normally would. And like you said, with noises. Those, those are probably even some of the worst, even, you know, all the crazy like network issues that we deal with and everything that's, that can be challenging, but man, noises. I remember one, the guy said there was some clunking or slapping noise in the front of the car and it was suspension. He knew it was in the tire and uh, we could not get it to do it. And finally we drove it with him and he'd roll his window down like a quarter of the way and there was a piece of weather stripping that when he did that it was slapping around and that that was the noise it was something stupid like that and we wasted hours on it trying to find a noise in the front end and yeah just go drive it with them and you know, find it again i'm sorry i know this isn't drivability man but i need to say this story number two reason why i always like talking to the customer number one have you ever since you said mentioned firestone when i worked at the dealer i had a service ticket it was a two thousand. It was a. It was like a two year, like a one or two year old Tiburon. Complaint was he's taking it to various alignment shops, and for some reason nobody can align it. I got handed to me. I'm like, why? Well, all right, whatever. I ain't gonna do. Throw it on the rack. She's perfect. Now I'm talking perfect. She's perfect. I'm like, what's this guy talking about? Like, I told the. I see the ticket. I go back and see the ticket again. It says waiter. I'm like, man, what, what's? Let me go talk to the customer. Let me see what's going on. And this was after that that first issue. Maybe I get some more information. Like, what's it doing? Uh, why do you want an alignment? I go out there and I see the customer. This is tiny, tiny little guy. And we're talking. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know why nobody can align it. I, I got into like this little accident. It's never been right since. And I'm like, oh, accident. Okay, that makes sense. Um, tell me some more. Like, what's going on? And Oh, honey, you know what? What what else did you did, did we feel or something? You know, I'm a big dude. You know, I'm fat as shit. Sorry, you can edit that out. Um, but this lady was a nice sized lady. Like she was, she was, she was, she was pretty big. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just like, at this point, like in the back of my head, I'm like, dude, 
that's that's the problem. This is a little. This is a very small car. Like it's a. Have you seen it? You seen a Tiburon, obviously, right? Sure. Yeah. It's a little two door sports car, but it's they're not that big. Like you know, I'm like, shoot, how am I gonna? How am I gonna do this? Like, like. It's <laughs> a, a very sensitive topic. Yeah. To yeah no, because I've always been heavy. Even though, like, when I was to the dealer, I was maybe like, I don't know, like, two seventy maybe. I wasn't as big as I am now, um, but I'm like, shoot, shoot, what do I do? What do I do? I tell my service writer, look, man, I go, we got two options. We actually have three options. Option number one, we tell this customer, listen, man, I'm going to need to take your wife and throw her on the alignment rack. We don't do the work. And tell her we can't figure it out, which is kind of unacceptable because we are the dealership. You know, we are the the number one solution. I said, are you convinced the two biggest dudes here to sit in the passenger seat on top of each other (laughs) and give me 20 minutes? (laughs) He's like, why can't you ask him? I said, this is your job. So we had to get the manager to ask some two somewhat big dudes to sit in the passenger seat for 20 minutes while I aligned this thing. I finished it. And then I, I gave I went and drove the car. The car is like this. I was like, all right, hey, sir, you know, can you go test drive this vehicle and see if it's to your specification, please? Oh, uh, you stay right here, honey. I'm like, no, no, no. It's always better to have your cars driven how you normally drive them. So you guys go ahead and that way she can help hear anything else. But I'd go with you, but I'm, I'm, as you can see, I'm really big. I can't fit in the back. And they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. They took, <laughs> they took off. He's like, oh my God, my car's perfect again. I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh man, that was, that was a great experience. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a, Going that's back to, to drivability. I, I also have another rule. Um, you, you make, you, you test in their environment, you know, like anytime you have any sort of intermittent issue, like you stress everything as much as you can. I mean, like, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough how, you know, like I, I went to a shop one time and they had, uh, some EVAP issues. They threw the, it was a GM EVAP at that. And they threw the book at this car. I went to do a PCM. I did the PCM, um, the program, it, I mean, and uh, they called me back two days later that the car is back and, you know, like, oh, it's not your fault, but, you know, we also know you do Diag and we need your help, blah, blah, blah. So it was a Silverado and I I went through the motions, man, and everything was perfect. Like, I, you know, obviously... I, GM is kind of like I even I don't really smoke GM. I kind of like it's it's usually either the purge valve or the solenoid, man. Like I mean, or the yeah. vent, or the vent valve, purge valve or the or the vent solenoid. I mean, it's it's not really anything else, honestly. And GM is very straightforward. Or sometimes you get pressure sensor issues. I did everything and it was working perfectly. Um, I go underneath and I start looking, and I'm like, I look at the vent. Oh, it's a it was a a, a not OEM part. I'm like. Well, even OEM parts fail, obviously, you know. So I was just like, "Hmm, let me let me exercise this thing." So there you go. Here I go with my with my my trusty power probe. 
And I'm just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think after the 20th time, man, it just said F you. It just said, nope, nope, and nope. It, it stopped working. So I waited like 10 minutes. And, I, and, I, and this time I, I bidirectionally controlled it. I wanted to exercise the driver, make sure that the PCM they got me was still good. I mean, you never know, obviously, right? So same thing. You know, another this time it was like six or seven times it stopped it stopped working. It was a bad it was a bad event. But what I'm saying is that sometimes you you just don't take that extra step in you know in condemning something or or saying it's good. You know, because you're not testing in its in its living environment. Like how many times does it cycle? I don't even know. I don't really know how many times a purge uh, event solenoid cycles. Whenever the PCM wants it to. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. These components are, you know, <laughs> going down the road for hundreds or thousands of miles working however many times. And yeah, just hitting mm-hmm. the button once or moving that motor one time. Yeah. yeah. Not simulating what's happening in real life. And so that's where, that's where you're going to catch it. Yeah. So, so the intermittent stuff, um, you got something that you, that you, um, recently got your, behind kick on well the, the ones that i've had recently again it's mobile so you know i got a i got a day schedule like i'm gonna try to go here at this time and then to this shop then and so i, I kind of allot myself only a certain amount of time at a specific shop and i give myself some leeway because uh, stuff happens but um you know if i get to that threshold and i i can't get it to do anything and i've asked the questions and talked you know it's it's challenging because i'm talking to the shop the owner or the manager or whatever. And I don't actually talk to the, I rarely, if ever talk to the customer as a mobile technician where at least as a tech in a shop, I could, I could pick up the phone and call them, but I, I don't do that as a mobile technician. So you're getting secondhand information. And yeah, if I, if I can't get it to do it in a certain amount of time, like you said, Hey, get this to happen more frequently. Um, otherwise there's not much I can do. Here's, here's my thoughts. You know, these codes are pointing this direction, but I can't, I can't charge you for a diagnosis on this. So yeah, they're really, they're really challenging. And depending on how intermittent it is, that can be one of the worst, (laughs) worst things we deal with as technicians. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely the, the, the biggest challenge that I've seen in, in mobile to me, it has been um, time management. I have to manage my time and I also have to, um, I know when and where I can go due to traffic. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you don't have that issue here, but traffic is a big problem here. It's a lot better because school's out and everything, but when traffic is traffic, it's bad, man. I mean, my ride home is like six, six miles and it's sometimes during bad traffic, it's like 45, 50 minutes to get home. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's we're so tight here, and uh, so I have that against me. I also have um, my biggest one is I'll go out to a shop, and they're like, "Oh, since I got you here, can you check this one out?" And I'm like, "No." They're like, "Oh, come on, man, it's not gonna take you long." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Dude, I, I literally have my day scheduled as best as I can, so you either." piss somebody off and they're like all right well can you come back tomorrow well no like i I, my my morning's full so you're almost kind of like somewhat obliged to do it because you're right there and remember what i'm telling you like if i can't find a scheduling during that same time i i may lose the job 
And <clears throat> I don't know if you run into this in your area, but I'd say 70% of my diags are about 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes. Like they're really not super difficult. Like I got called out to diagnose uh, a town and country that was killing the battery because the fuel pump was turning on and they're not sure why. Okay. So I get there and I, okay, I scanned some codes. I didn't find any codes. I turned the key off and lo and behold, the fuel pump's still running. I pulled the, I pulled the, uh, the fuse and fuel pump stopped. It's an internal relay. I mean, there's, yeah, I could have checked my signal wire and whatever, but there's, there's the cars off. The computer's not doing anything right now. So it's stuck relay. So I got $130 to tell this guy something I could have told him over the phone, but I'm not going to because it's, it's my business. But the point was that I, I can sometimes do them pretty quickly that I don't, I'll just say, screw it. I'll take it. But then nine times out of 10, of course, that's the one that kicks my butt. Yep. <laughs> so now I've been there for another two hours. Now I'm into traffic and now I got a couple other shops, you know, a little upset with me because I, I missed my deadlines. And of course, you know, they tell their customers and whatever. So and then I work late. That's been my biggest problem mobile is, is, is time management. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a juggling act and yeah, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to go into. Uh, some of that stuff is nice. You, you get that phone call and you know, go in there. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I know what this problem is. Like you said, I'm not going to tell them over the phone, but um, yeah, then you get those ones that uh, just kick your ass and you, you don't see it. You don't see, obviously you don't see it coming and screws up the whole rest of your day. So that, that is a very challenging part about uh, <laughs> what we're trying to do. Yeah, pro programming honestly is is much more easier. Like the biggest issue I have with programming in terms of time management, it's always that one particular shop that basically just chucked the PCM at a car. You programmed them, you're done. Now it didn't fix their issue, and they're not blaming you, but they want you to help them out. They want you to fix it. And they're willing to pay your diag fee, but now it's like, well, I can't. You know, my my biggest issue is like the time, like. Well, I'll come back tomorrow, but then I have that the, those time frames booked, so I have to come back when there's traffic. So that means your your 20 minute ride is now 40, 50 minutes, and another 40, 50 minutes my way back. So it's just like, oh, I might as well just knock it out now because I'm already here. So that's that's my particular problem. Yeah, that's actually how I've gotten a lot of my diagnostic uh, jobs or the shops that use me for diagnostics now. It's because they called me for programming. It didn't fix what they were hoping it was going to fix. And then they're like, well, you're here. Do you, do you want to take a look at it? Um, I, the, the shops in my area didn't really start calling me for diagnostics. There's a couple. Um, but that was kind of how I got my foot in the door was doing the, the module updates and, and configuration and all that stuff. And then it just sort of, uh, it was a stepping stone to, (laughs) to figure out their problems. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's um, the the lack of training is dangerously bad. Like it's 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 bad. Like, and part of uh, what we're trying to do is also like try to fuel the fire. We we caught a lot of grief at the beginning because of uh, you know YouTube YouTubers have a real bad reputation for giving away industry secrets, trade secrets. And 
I'll be honest with you, man. I don't totally disagree with it. I don't totally agree with it because obviously, like, we're on YouTube. We have a bunch of pages. Um, and I, I'll never knock anybody's hustle, man. Like, you know, you do what you got to do. But I definitely feel like there can be a little bit more um, focus on trying to better the industry in other ways. But I also am the, have the opinion that it's here. And it can be a very valuable tool. And it's not for everybody's liking or disliking. It's just it is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm, I know a bunch of YouTubers, and I, I consider them friends. I, I like them all. Um, there's some I don't like. There's some videos that I do not like. But it's definitely a great platform for our vision. Like, we want to just, hey, man, look at, look at this. Look at the, look at these tools, boss. Like we can, we can be doing that instead of, you know, you remember that car we had last week that we couldn't fix. I think this could have helped us. And if you have a, a decent shop owner who's willing to invest, you may be able to create a better job for yourself, or at least get the knowledge and the and the aptitude to be like, you know what, man, I can I can work somewhere better. Like you were saying to just show that opportunity to somebody who hasn't been or maybe can't go to vision yet at this point in their career. They don't have the, the funds or the means to do that. Um, but just to see, okay, this is the potential, you know, these are the people that are out there. These are tools that are out there. Um, you know, without something like that, maybe they'll never, they'll never know about it. And I've talked about this before with people before like Facebook and YouTube stuff. I kind of thought I was on an Island you know, doing my diagnostic stuff and enjoying that. But to find out that there's so many more people out there that enjoy it uh, the same way I do, it's, it's a really cool way to uh, just expand out and meet people the same, uh, you know, just like-minded individuals, you know? Yeah. There's definitely um, a bunch of awesome individuals, a bunch of awesome shop owners that I, that I talk to and super grateful for all their advice that they've given me. Um, there's also, you know, uh, there's also like, like when I'm, I'm, I have a particular point of view when it comes to tech versus shop owner and, and some of these shop owners in these groups, I I'll read their posts and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I go, I don't wonder nobody wants to be in this field anymore. And that's pretty, it's just pretty bad. But then, then, then it fills my heart when I see some of the great ones you know, posting their numbers and for whatever reason they may be, whether it be for gloating or for like, Hey man, I did it. You can do it too. Whatever the reasons are is their own business. But me seeing that somebody can take this, take those, make those kind of numbers being an independent facility, man, it makes me so happy. It won't, it, I doubt that I'll ever get there, uh, especially where I'm at, but I, my path might be something different. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where, we'll see where it takes me. But, um, you know, that in a nutshell is, is trained by tech, man. Just trying to help the industry, man. And maybe one day we become, you know, an, a, an, a training company. You know, that's, I don't know what's possible. I mean, three years ago, we were just a bunch of dudes getting drunk here in Chicago. <laughs> you know, we're, we met up at a bar over in, over in, um, over in Logan Square. I mean, that was our first get together, man. And we've been, we, there's not a day that I don't talk to one of the guys, whether it be Keith or Bryn. Um, Chris, the, uh, DeFazio, uh, 
they're we're family now, man. Like we're we're all just we're super close. Even and it's like I'll we'll see them fairly often. That it's just like, hey, what's up, man? Like, it's kind of like you know when you see somebody every day, you're like, hey, what's up? And that's just how we are. Like we talk to each other, we see each other, our our wives know each other now like it's it's just it's amazing man it's been it's been actually a great honor for me to be a part of this group man and i'm hoping to be able to elevate it um hopefully after this covid stuff is over yeah well i I have no doubt you guys will that's that's awesome um well to kind of wrap up here do you have any specific recommendations i always like to ask the people on the show um if you got any recommendation for either a younger tech or just somebody that's looking to better their skills in this field. And it could be, you know, a training resource. It could be a tool. It could be a video. Um, do you have any suggestions like that for anybody listening? Yeah, man. Um, definitely. Um, our stuff is not bad. It's just normally not, you know, novice level, but there's definitely a lot of, um, great material honestly there's a lot of good material on youtube there's some really great pages there's a lot of the guys who are very they're upstanding professionals man like they're really really good um but like myself for example and i I have the situation because my nephew decided he this is what he wants to do so i've kind of kind of taken him under my wing um i i i tooling wise um this is what I did. Nobody has to follow my own path, but the first tool that I purchased was actually a scan tool. Uh, I was on my own at the shop. Remember, like I said, there was it was a small tire shop. I figured, I said, you know what? I can run out to, to Sears to buy a wrench. I can run to Sears to buy this or buy a screwdriver. Who's going to loan me a $5,000 scan tool, right? So that was my first purchase. I, I purchased a scan tool. Uh, on credit because I didn't have any money. I was going to school at the time, and um, which scan tool was it? Just uh, a Matco uh, Determinator. Okay. The first one, yeah, that was my first my first scan tool, man. Awesome. I wish I still had it, man, but that was my first scan tool. Um, stay away from the big boxes. I have a, a beautiful box. I love my box, but it. I started professionally wrenching in twenty in two thousand and four. I bought it maybe like two years ago, so I, I waited a long time to buy to buy my box. Um, you know, I hate saying this because I didn't do it this way. I, I thank the, the tool trucks for the opportunity because I didn't have anything, man, and they gave they all gave me credit. Um, and I'm very thankful for them to this day. But nowadays, I would suggest to stay off the trucks. Um. There's a lot of quality stuff out there. Uh, tools, tools, tools. Um, pick up a meter, you know, pick up a solid meter. In terms of uh, resources, I think a really good resource for, for beginners would be ATG. It's that they're just so chock full of knowledge. And um, it's, it's just amazing how well um, this gentleman has worded these books, man, that you, you, you don't even have to have a lot of schooling to understand what the point they're trying to make. And I think ATG is a really wonderful resource. Um, you know, CTI is also great. They have a lot of great classes. Um, you can do them locally. They're very, they're fairly inexpensive. Um, uh, 
your boss should be able to cover that. Um, and just, you know, uh, another thing you can do, honestly, the, the Autel scope is a very good scope for the price. Honestly, just, I don't, I don't like the leads too much, but if you really want to get into scoping and don't have Pico money, get an auto. There's nothing wrong. There's there's or an old Varus, uh, old Varus and old, um, uh, modus vantage. Sure. You can still, you can find them for about 400 bucks, man. I mean, those are solid, solid scopes, man. The auto, like I said, I really for for the money, I really, really like the auto scope. Um, as long as you learn the limitations of your tooling, you're you're gonna be fine. Um, and lastly, man, I think if I were, and this is honestly, this is me talking to myself when I when I first started out, I would have, I think I wouldn't have went to UTI. Don't get me wrong. I had a great time. Um, I met some wonderful instructors who changed my life, and I'm and I'll forever be grateful to them. Um, but I I feel like I might have been better served going to a college with a technical um, course instead of just going to a a school that really didn't do much in terms of like. Uh, credit or credits and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's a, it's, and it's, it's kind of like, uh, my, my thought at the time was like, well, I just go to, I, I don't really want to take any English classes or science classes or anything like that. I want to learn how to work on cars. That was my logic. But going back, I would definitely look at a local school or a local community college that has a, a, an automotive class. Um, and like I said, I'm mean, I'm not talking bad about UTI. I'm not talking bad about Lincoln Tech. If that's your decision, amen, go for it. But I think long term, you're better served because it also you actually have accredited hours. Like you get an associate's degree. That's something. If let's say, God forbid, you hurt your back and you can't wrench anymore, well, you have a little bit of something to fall back on. Like me, if something happens to me, I'm kind of sort of somewhat screwed because um, I I won't be able to wrench or whatever. But I having some sort of degree or something will help you take the next level. That's what I would, I would really look into community college versus a trade school. Well, that's, uh, that's all great stuff. And uh, for the websites and stuff that you mentioned, ATG and that I'm going to uh, make notes of that in the show notes for anybody that's mm-hmm. listening, wants to check those things out. Um, but yeah, unless you got anything else, I uh, just want to say thanks for coming on today and talking. This was great. Yeah, one last thing, man. Um, uh, feel free to to check out the Train by Text uh, website, trainbytext.com. Um, like you said earlier, we have our calendar up. Brian, you've done an amazing job with our calendar. He keeps it up to date. Um, and when COVID's over, man, we we have literally every event on there, dates and everything, links. Um, we try to keep everybody informed because that's been one of the issues too. Like there's, there was literally zero advertising before. And now with the advent of social media, I think it's easier to get the word out. So, you know, go, go to YouTube. We're always doing stuff on there. Um, hopefully we'll have a discussion after dark soon. Yeah, man, we got good things coming, man. So just make sure you go to our YouTube page at like, um, subscribe and, um, yeah, man, follow, uh, go to the website and, and, you know, um, keep, keep up with us and, uh, we won't lead you astray. Yeah, I encourage everybody to to do that, to check that out if you haven't already. 
Okay, one more big thank you to Tommy. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that interview. Hope to have him back again soon on the show. I also want to thank everybody else for listening today. Hopefully, you gained something, you learned something today. Um, if anyone would like to be a guest on the show in the near future, make sure to check out the Facebook group for Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. Uh, you can contact me there or send me a message on Facebook, and we'll get you on the show. Um, I'm definitely interested to talk to anybody in the automotive field that's passionate about it, has something interesting to say. Other than that, let's all get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.